The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's up, Rams fans? This is Ram Showcase. My name is Sheriff Joe Bags. On this episode of Ram Showcase, the dam breaks and the Rams deliver big on Christmas Day. Plus, will history repeat itself? And later, the Battle of LA Part 2. We preview Rams at Chargers. Before we hop into the action, didn't want to let you know Ram Showcase does officially have t-shirts. They are awesome. Instructions on how to order will be in the description below. We'll also talk about it here in a little bit. Uh, also, before we hop in, uh, if you are watching me on YouTube, great news. There's an audio-only version. You can find it where you already find all the other podcasts that you listen to. If you are listening to me audio-only, well, great news for you. There's a YouTube channel for Ram Showcase. Just search Ram Showcase on YouTube, and you can watch me talk about the LA Rams. Let's go ahead and hop on into it, as uh, the Rams did defeat the Denver Broncos 51-14 to on Christmas Day. Uh, as a Colorado native, this was the perfect Christmas present that I could have asked for. I got a couple of awesome things, as per usual, uh, with uh, my sister is an absolute monster at gift giving, so uh, I got something awesome from her. Uh, but the Denver Broncos getting absolutely smoked by the LA Rams. That is like exactly what I wanted on this day. So uh, that was uh, really fun to watch. A couple of notes on this game. Baker Mayfield, he played awesome. He's sitting in the pocket well. He's going through his reads, and he's delivering good footballs. I don't know what else we could really ask for Baker Mayfield in these last few games. I don't anticipate that he's going to be the Rams quarterback next year or even a backup or anything. I don't think that that's going to happen. But while we have him now, this has been pretty fun. It's been pretty interesting to watch. It's been a good time. I had a memory pop up pretty recently from like four or five years ago talking about that. I liked Baker Mayfield back then and he's fine. Uh, I, I don't hate Baker Mayfield, but I'm also not like it's Baker time. Like, I am right now just because he's a Rams quarterback, but you get you get what I'm saying, I think, is that uh, I've never been super big Baker guy, but hey, he's here right now and he's playing some good football right now. Could you imagine if he also had like Cooper Cup to throw to? It'd be a pretty sweet time. So Baker, like I said, he's sitting in the pocket well. He's going through his reads. The offensive line is playing well and you got to give uh, give them credit as uh, of course, it's it's difficult to get that kind of stuff done when you're running for your life. But he's sitting back there. He's got time and delivering good balls going through his reads well i don't know it's uh it it seemed also like everything just kind of went the rams way in this game um i said it last week that even the 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 defensive scheme that the rams have which is very sit back and and hope that you can generate some pressure and force the quarterback into some mistakes i talked about that last week that i thought that this was a good matchup for this rams defensive scheme going against the denver broncos offense who has kind of a rough offensive line and they have routes that take a long time to develop. And that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what played out. I didn't anticipate that it would go that well. You know, four interceptions and seven sacks. I did not see it going that way. But I will say also, uh, based on my knowledge of the Denver Broncos, that looked like just a poor effort game. 
Uh, looks like the team's kind of just honed it in. They're kind of just done for the year. Um, but uh, the, the Rams scheme worked out and you couple that with uh, poor effort levels uh, on the Denver Broncos. It looked like only like two or three guys really wanted to win that game. Uh, then that's that's what you get. You get, you know, Kobe Durant getting a pick six and you get uh, B Wags and uh, Jalen getting some uh, getting getting in on the turnover action. You got Merch getting two sacks. The first two sacks of his career. Dude, that was so awesome, man. Everything just kind of went perfect. Tyler Higby, uh, he's the best tight end in Rams history. and. I keep seeing comments back to me when I keep saying this, that, uh, no, he's not. Uh, my question back to you was that I get the comments that, that no, he's not, but also there's not a name that they're replacing him with. So my question back to all these people that are saying Tyler Higby's not the best tight end the Rams have ever seen. Then who is? Uh, cause, cause I can't answer that. Um, he's the, the number one, as far as tight ends go in Rams history, he's number one in receptions, yards and touchdowns. Those are pretty big parameters. I don't know about you, but uh, maybe there's somebody else that I'm not considering. Maybe somebody was just an absolute monster in the run game uh, that were blocking really well. They were like an extension of the offensive line uh, that you would consider. But I'm not getting any suggestions. I keep saying to, uh, Tyler Higby is the best tight end in Rams history. And that just gets met with, uh, I mean, a lot of agreement in fairness, uh, but it does get met with uh, the people too that saying, no, he's not. But then that's it. There's no replacement. Give me a name. Give me something. Uh, so also in this game, uh, I mentioned that because Tyler Higby did event, uh, officially become the Rams leader in touchdowns uh, in this game uh, with his two touchdowns that he was able to score, which is so awesome for him. Uh, first three of the season came in the last two games. So uh, Tyler Higby, like I had also mentioned it last year that uh, or last week, that uh, could that touchdown to Tyler Higby in Lambeau Field, could that be uh, like a kind of a kickover of a domino where Baker and Tyler Higby just really get zoned in together and uh, get some good chemistry going. And it does feel like that's exactly what's happening. Tyler Higby was clearly the number one target uh, for Baker. So uh, look for that in these final two games as uh, we wrap up the this uh, this NFL season. 12 personnel was used pretty heavy. Uh, I, I think Baker likes his tight ends, and I think that that's kind of been a thing. <laughs> but we were running a lot of two, which is like cam makers in the back and then two tight ends. Uh, so this this was working. Obviously, it worked really well. A lot of things worked really well in this game, um, but it really only works if your offensive line's playing playing good football, and they are right now, which is crazy to think that like that we've lost so many guys up front, and now though we've gotten some continuity. That's the biggest thing. I talked about that uh, throughout most of this season. If we could just get some continuity, I feel pretty good about it, and that's exactly what's happened these last few weeks is we've been able to keep the same guys starting up front. And it's clearly working out. These guys are clearly playing uh, really well together. Ty Seki at left tackle is kind of an unsung hero, in my opinion. I think that, that dude's playing great ball right now. Rob Havenstein, definitely an unsung hero of this entire team this whole season. One of the only guys that we really haven't heard a lot from. But, hey, he's just holding it down there at right tackle. Like, he's done his entire career. He's never talked about, but he's just holding it down at right tackle. Since St. Louis, the dude's just been holding it down at his spot and no, gets no attention, gets no love. So I'm trying to make that kind of change a little bit. At least one one outlet is going to be giving some uh, Rob Havenstein love, man. That's uh, that's my dude over there. So uh, like I said, offensive line, though, playing really, really well. The motions were uh, a big part of this. There was like a point in the game where it's like, how many times are we going to run a run motion? All of it, all of the times, <laughs> it's and it did. It's, it's what it felt like. I mean, you got two two coming back and forth, Brandon Powell going back and forth. So obviously, it was working though. But you still need that line to play well, and they were. It wasn't just a total scheme domination though, like I had mentioned. 
it really does feel like the, the Denver Broncos just kind of packed it up, uh, packed it in and, uh, and it did not go well for them. Uh, they are they they looked like they have poor effort level. They looked like they did not care about this game really. They looked like they didn't want to be in LA on Christmas. Uh, they'd rather be in Denver. But um, yeah, I don't know. That's a, that's a tough that's a tough emotion to have. Um, and 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 I know for myself, whenever I feel like the Rams have done that, which it's been a really long time since I felt like the Rams have done that. Uh, it's it's frustrating, and you can definitely feel that out here in Colorado. These Bronco fans are not thrilled right now, but then, uh, of course, they do make a move. We'll talk about that here in a second, though. Uh, and then also, like I said, it just everything seemed to go the Rams way, even to the point of like tensions building on the Broncos sideline. You got an offensive lineman pushing a backup quarterback. I'm so curious to hear what Rippon said there, because if you're the backup and you come up and say something in your offensive line enough to get shoved by an offensive lineman, you're probably being a jerk. All right. That's, I'm just going to like, you're probably said something that you shouldn't have. And then he promptly comes in and throws a pick six. So that's real cool too. Uh, all right. Hey, Rams got a dub. Yeah. So that's game badge time. You know exactly what that means. It's game badge time on the offensive side. There's a lot of people this could have gone to, but I'm going to go ahead and give it to running back Cam Akers. 23 attempts for 118 yards, three touchdowns, three of the touchdowns. That's amazing. Cam Akers with an absolute day in uh, in this game on Christmas Day. It was so much fun to watch. Cam Akers just a little bit all over the place. Also tacked on two receptions for 29 yards, but 118 yards, clearly the best day of his uh, season as uh, his previous best day was. Uh, last week against the, the the Packers, where he had, what, 64, if I'm not mistaken. And now over 100. We absolutely nailed it. And also the Rams are one of four teams to not give up a 100-yard rusher. And now we finally got our own. So that's pretty sweet stuff. And the cool part about all that, too, is it's Cam Akers, who we thought would be on a different team right now. Like, he wasn't supposed to be here. Remember, like, when everything was terrible and he wasn't with the team earlier this year? This season's been so weird. I can't wait to do my wrap up in a couple of weeks to talk about just like the craziness that was of this season after winning it all. This is so nuts to me, man. Uh, flipping over to the defensive side. I don't think there was much battle here. There is a lot of names that I could have thrown in, but obviously it goes to cornerback. Kobe Durant had just one tackle on the day, but two picks. That first pick was unbelievable. Kind of just sails over the receiver's head. and He just makes a crazy adjustment on the ball. And and is able to pull it in. And then the backup quarterback for the Denver Broncos, Rippin, comes in and picks six for Kobe. First uh, defensive touchdown uh, for the Rams this season. First pick six for the Rams in a few years. So that was really exciting as well. Um, I would say I got some honorable mentions here on Game Badge as well, which would be Baker Mayfield, Tyler Higby, and Lorel Murchison. Merch. Holy crap, man. He gets his first two sacks of his entire career on Christmas Day against Russell Wilson. That's so cool, man. I mean, Merch, first of all, I didn't even cover him getting claimed by the Rams because in my brain, I saw the news and it was like, well, I don't even know really how to how to throw that in. It's just a transaction that that we don't have any other transactions. This guy's got really no stats. And now uh, now I got egg on my face because Lorel Murchison, he's playing awesome. Really hope that that like we can see some more out of him these next two games and that maybe he's earned his spot to at least come back in training camp and preseason next year. And see what he can do because the Rams pass rush has needed some 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 sparks and merch coming in 
and getting two. I mean, that's awesome, obviously. And then you got the shifts as well as like Michael Hoyt and all that. But and Hoyt getting back to back sacks two plays in a row, like I don't know. It, it was just the best day ever for the Rams, and it was the worst day ever for the Denver Broncos. And the Denver Broncos, what they got is their coach fired on Christmas Day. Merry Christmas, Nathaniel Hackett. You are fired. <laughs> that's that sucks. But um, I, I I laugh because it's because uh, not laughing doesn't change it. It doesn't make anything better for him. So might as well laugh at it, I guess. But um, it's uh it's an interesting kind of story that unfolded after after the Denver Denver Broncos got absolutely wrecked by the L.A. Rams, which is obviously really fun. But the Denver Broncos, obviously, Nathaniel Hackett was in over his head. I think we knew that week one when they played in Seattle and it was kind of like, Oh no, this coach doesn't know what he's doing. Like it was right then that I kind of, I was making comments already about it. It was like, Oh, his situational awareness is zero. Like, but maybe it's first game, you know, first game. And then second game, it's like, Oh no, it's pretty bad still, but Hey, it's still early. And then it gets to like week eight and you're like, no, I think this guy just sucks. (laughs) So Nathaniel Hackett, of course did get fired uh, the day after Christmas, uh, after this game, happened i'm sure they let him get back uh to denver before they broke the news to him but he is not the first denver broncos head coach to get fired after a loss to the rams it was in 2010 i was at this game it was uh really fun to watch uh the rams went into i we talked about it uh actually um last week we talked about the the game in 2010 it was sam bradford's rookie year denario alexander on the team uh who was it matthew mulligan scored two touchdowns in that game but uh, after that game happened, the Rams defeated the Denver Broncos uh, 36 to 33. Josh McDaniels was fired the, the very next day. So what ended up happening there was uh, the rest of the season, Josh McDaniels didn't have a job. He just didn't he just didn't do anything. And then he became the Rams offensive coordinator the next season, which led to some really interesting things. Obviously, Mike Carney was cut and it was like, no, dang it, Josh McDaniels, like he's going to just ruin our our whole scheme that we had going here, Carney and Jackson in the backfield was such a deadly run and run game. And then he took that away from us. But then he also brought in guys like Brandon Lloyd, who I've always loved. I've always been a big Brandon Lloyd guy. That guy is awesome. Um, but then it just didn't really work out. But my whole point on that is the Rams got a Broncos coach fired after beating the crap out of him. I know 36 to 33. That's not that's not beating the crap out of anybody. But we entered the fourth quarter 33 to 13. So we were kind of beating him up. And then the Rams really let up. What are you going to do? But uh, so now we get Nathaniel Hackett, who is off of the McVay tree in a roundabout way. So Matt LaFleur, coach under Sean McVay just a couple years ago, got the job in Green Bay where Nathaniel Hackett was his offensive coordinator. And then Nathaniel Hackett got the job in Denver. We've talked about that before of like the branch of a branch of uh, Sean McVay. And I, I mentioned this actually, and somebody commented and it made it made total sense. Uh, say they wouldn't necessarily consider LaFleur off the McVay tree just because he was only there for one season. They were really both off of the McVay tree and they're kind of separate branches. Even though uh, LaFleur was under McVay for that one season, he he kind of commented and said, I, I don't know if I would really consider that a McVay tree. He didn't like learn under McVay. He, they learned together and then they just happened to go to LA together and then, and then LaFleur got a job, which fairness, uh, I'll give you that. But I will say too that I don't know if LaFleur gets the the job in Green Bay if he's not under Sean McVay. So that's why I still will say that. Um, so Nathaniel Hackett obviously goes to Denver way in, in way over his head. He's just not doing well there. Uh, but in Green Bay, keep in mind that LaFleur was really running that offense. And also Aaron Rodgers was quarterback who clearly had quite a bit of say in what was going on. 
So I say all that to say this. Liam Cohen is done after this season, and I, for one, don't think it would be the worst hire in the world to see Nathaniel Hackett on the Rams sideline as the offensive coordinator. Because keep in mind, and I know that you're sitting there right now, you're sitting there, you're ready to type to me right now saying like, why would we want Nathaniel Hackett? He failed as a head coach. Keep in mind, he would not have that big of a role. <laughs> it, would, it would be a very much a Green Bay role of an, of an offensive coordinator for him, which is kind of where he thrived. He was doing really well in Green Bay. That's why he got the job in Denver, because he was doing a good job. It wasn't that he was just chilling up there and just LaFleur and, and Rogers just running it and he's just collecting paychecks. That was not the case. All right. He was doing a good job in developing some of those young guys out there. And so for him to come to the Rams, I think that that would be a good scheme fit. I think that he would work here. And obviously he would not be running our offense. It's still going to be Sean McVay. It's still going to be Matthew Stafford. Those are going to be the main guys. They can be the LaFleur and Rogers to the Nathaniel Hackett. They can be that connection where he just kind of comes in and assists and doesn't have to run the entire organization. So for that reason, I think that that uh, Nathaniel Hackett, A, it may, with the Rams are going to have an opening. Liam Cohen's leaving. And also, I think it would just it would be a scheme fit. I think that he would make sense for this move to happen. In history repeating itself, the Rams beat the crap out of the Denver Broncos, get their head coach fired, and then hire him. <laughs> Boom. I, I believe, by the way, I have not seen it yet, um, but I had this conversation in a private thread uh, with Rams House and Peo time, and Peo had mentioned that he wanted to make a, a, a video about this topic, that he wanted to discuss this as well. So I say all that to say this, uh, go check that out as well. Go, go see what Peo's take is on it, um, because I actually don't know his full take. <laughs> we just had a brief conversation about it. And also, um, I do need to uh, fulfill some obligations here. I need to shout out the Rams House uh, channel. Uh, we decided to make a, a bet, a weird bet, on uh, predicting the, the Rams pant color on Christmas Day. Uh, I went, I, I think I went with Soul on it, um, and then Peo, I think, went with Bone, and then... And then Rams House went with uh, with the with the Royal. So um, I I have to just tell you the, to go subscribe to Rams House. Uh, it's the best content. Um, I, we had no real parameters. I just needed to shout him out. So go there. He's a good dude. I mean, <laughs> uh, his his content is awesome. I mean, he's a good uh, good Rams spot. Uh, and you can never have too many Rams YouTubers that you follow. You know. So Rams House, go follow Rams House. I'll I'll link it in the YouTube description. I will do that for you. Uh, all right here. So, oh, I guess uh, next up is going to be our game preview. So we'll take a quick break and then it's uh, L.A. at L.A. at L.A. I use that super loosely. We'll talk about Rams Chargers next. Don't move. Oh, you know what I forgot to do before we don't move? You can move still. Actually, don't wait. That doesn't make any sense. I don't know what to do. <laughs> Rams Showcase does have T-shirts and they are awesome. Uh, make sure that uh, you check them out. <laughs> Uh, to order, you're just going to email aj.rsgear at gmail.com. Uh, you can tell him your size and style preference that you need. We got three different colors. We got the bone, the royal, and the black, uh, and they come in two different styles. One is based off of the Super Bowl ring uh, with the two palm trees come on, coming off of it as a suggestion by uh, the homie Tyler. So check that out. If you are interested in um, in helping out Ram Showcase uh, at all, uh, that is the perfect way to do it. That is exactly how you do it, is just buy a Ram Showcase t-shirt. And uh, if uh, it's, a, it's also the perfect situation to uh, fulfill your New Year's resolution, which is to look as cool as possible every single day. And that's exactly how you can do it, is uh, by wearing a Ram Showcase t-shirt. All right, now we're going to do the preview next. Don't move. 
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to hero.co to shop today. What's up, Rams fans? Welcome back into Rams Showcase. My name is Sheriff Joe Bags. The Los Angeles Rams take on the Los Angeles Chargers. That is happening at SoFi Stadium, 1.25 p.m. on CBS. Sparrow Ditas and Jay Feely will be on the call. We do have a distribution map, but it is not awesome. Uh, we'll put it up here for you. Uh, so the Rams are going to be in the blue zones, uh, not a large area. And uh, this kind of, we went from being primetime to being like the the B squad in in the late window on CBS. So that's cool. Uh, but uh, the Rams taking on, they are at the Chargers, which is an interesting thing. Uh, but you know what? This is actually kind of our bonus game because uh, one of our bonus games, there's two teams in the NFL where once every eight years, they will get 10 games at their home stadium. And uh, that is the Los Angeles Rams, as well as the New York Jets, actually, as uh, one of their road games will be at the uh, the 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 team that they 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 share a stadium with. So. Uh, they'll be it'll be Jets at Giants uh, that so they'll get an extra game there. And the, this one here, the Rams at the Chargers. Uh, so SoFi Stadium another time. We had our last uh, home game of the season last week against the Denver Broncos on Christmas Day. This is our last SoFi game of the season at the Chargers on New Year's Day. So obviously this is uh, L.A. versus L.A. That is the biggest story about this game. Um, the Chargers already have clinched a playoff spot. The Rams uh, have been eliminated. So there's a, uh, there's also some different trajectories going on. Uh, we only have two more games left and the Chargers have at least three. Uh, but this is the first time that these two teams will play as roommates in the regular season. So uh, first time as a uh, SoFi residents that these two teams take on each other. Of course, uh, the last time that these teams did play uh, that took place at the Coliseum. So not yet when uh, SoFi stadium was open. Now, of course, some, some preseason games as well. Now, it's going to be a normal thing. Once a year, we'll probably just play the Chargers in the preseason. Uh, we did this year, and it actually led to 12 <laughs> SoFi games for the Rams as the the preseason game was also at the Chargers. So 12 different times the Rams get to play at SoFi this year, uh, which is pretty sweet stuff. Like I said, the Rams have been eliminated. The, the Chargers just clinched a playoff berth uh, with their win on Monday Night Football last week. And uh, will clinching the playoffs, uh, will that have any kind of impact on how the chargers enter this game are they going to maybe come in and be a little bit softer because they they just want to kind of go in healthy uh they made the playoffs for the first time in five years so are they gonna like this is herbert's first time going to the playoffs is he gonna be like all right let's just we got two more games let's just get through these get to the playoffs kind of thing is that going to be the mindset they have uh they can't win their division so they're locked in a wild card spot so it's really i mean how much do they really sit there and say well let's go play this team so we'll lose this game. no one's doing that they all want to win the game i'm sure and they don't really care yet who they're playing in the in the playoffs because everything's going to change, of course. Uh, so you can't really plan it all out like that. It's very difficult to do that. Uh, we can sidebar also sometime about people who think that the NFL is rigged. <laughs> I'll try to remember to write that in sometime uh, pretty soon uh, into one of these upcoming shows because that is. That's a topic. Um, so anyway, the Rams will still have a chance uh, to prove that they are still a relevant football team. 
and sitting with a five and 10 record right now has a chance to go seven and 10. And I'll be honest, if you look at the way that this season has unfolded, the way that this, the, like the middle of the season really went and uh, just the injuries that this team has dealt with, we're down Stafford cup and Donald right now are three of our superstars. Uh, then, I mean, three of our top four wide receivers, our offensive line is an absolute disaster. Um, they're playing well, but like, it's a mess as far as injuries go. Like seven to 10 doesn't feel that bad, actually. Like, I'll be honest. And I know that we're not there yet. And we got two tough teams to play against uh, two teams that are going to they're looking at playoff bursts uh, to to wrap up the season. But if this team can go seven and 10, I kind of view that as like, eh, well, it could have been worse, you know. So will the Rams, though, will how will they look? Um, because you got to think Baker Mayfield doesn't give a crap where this team is drafting. Right. Like there's no way that he cares if uh, if our second round pick is a little higher or not. Cause he's probably not even going to be the beneficiary of whatever happens with that pick anyway. So why would he care? So I would believe that uh, the way that the Rams played against the Denver Broncos, that they're still going to come in. So winging in these last two games and the chargers, like I said, who knows what their mindset is going to be because they locked up a playoff berth and they are locked in at a wild card. They cannot win their division. Are they going to come in just trying to make sure they get to the postseason healthy because they've dealt with their own uh, injuries as well. And let's see here, uh, the Rams with or without, without a playoff berth, uh, the Rams, they still want to show that they're, they're a force, uh, entering the off season. And especially, like I said, if this team can be seven and 10 going into the off season, I think that the media shift will be very quickly like, Hey, this team went seven and 10 with getting absolutely destroyed by injuries. I think that that's what the media will shift to because right now the media is kind of like, ah, the Rams are terrible. Like, and that's just kind of the vibe right now. But I think that they're all kind of focused on just teams that are like the Eagles and the Vikings and stuff like that. The Packers are doing some stuff right now. So I think that that's where the mindset's going as far as media goes. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised to see if this team, if this Rams team can win these final two games, Chargers and Seahawks, two road games, uh, then uh, I, I think that the, the media shift will happen of like, well, this team got absolutely decimated by injuries and they still won seven games. That's pretty good. If they can be healthy, this is a, this is a playoff team, obviously which I, th I think will happen. Uh, so let's uh, move on here to some players. So former Rams that are currently on the Chargers. We'll start with head coach Brandon Staley, who was the Rams 2020 defensive coordinator. Uh, tight end Gerald Everett. He played tight end for the Rams from uh, 17 to 20. So uh, just, he played for the Rams for a little bit. Uh, he he snubbed me on an autograph uh, in Denver. So it hurt my feelings, uh, but... <laughs> Uh, but he's a he's a good player. He's very physical, very difficult to tackle. He does have stone hands sometimes, uh, so that's really the concern with him. But uh, I, I know somebody had mentioned that they, when I said Tyler Hippie was the best tight end in Rams history, they said that Gerald Everett was better. And I mean, statistically, no. Um, Gerald Everett also, he, I mean, his time with the Rams was so short that I don't think you can even consider that. Uh, moving on, uh, running back Sony Michelle, uh, of course, played for the Rams. Um, here and there <laughs> uh, did uh, he kind of came in and uh, last year and, and kind of was able to give a nice, a nice spark to this, uh, to this team linebacker, Troy reader. Um, when he was with the Rams, he was a pretty rough uh, tackler, but he was our number one guy for a little while. Then B wags came in and what an improvement, but uh, Troy reader played from the Rams from 2019 to 2021. So he just left last year, Morgan Fox, uh, 2016 to 2020. Uh, so he was with the Rams their first year back in in L.A. and then uh, did participate in a Super Bowl uh, that that's a uh, Super Bowl 53 against the the New England Patriots. Uh, also, Sebastian Joseph Day, SJD, uh, played for the Rams from 2018 to 21. So did participate in two Super Bowls uh, for 
the LA Rams, uh, which is pretty cool stuff. And Sebastian Joseph Day, uh, Morgan Fox, Troy Reader, uh, those guys really brought over because of Brandon Staley. Uh, once they were no longer Rams, they pretty quickly uh, got taken uh, by the Chargers. Former Chargers who are on the Rams, offensive lineman Oday Obushi, who almost did not play in this game as he was originally suspended. And then that was uh, altered to just a fine uh, for some postgame activities with uh, Randy Gregory of the Denver Broncos on Christmas Day. Uh, but uh, he was with the Chargers just last year. Defensive line coach Eric Henderson. He was a defense. He was an assistant defensive line coach for the Rams in 2017 and 18. I always liked Eric Henderson. I think he's a good coach. Also, definitely taken from uh, uh, from from us. But uh, I lost my train of thought on where I was going with that. But I liked him as a coach when he was with the Rams. So, and I think he's doing a good job uh, out out in L.A. Ah, oh, geez. My brain is falling apart. All right. And then defensive back coach Chris Shula, who also was a he was a defensive uh, quality uh, quality control uh, for uh, the Rams 2015 to 16. Also did make that switch over uh, from St. Louis. The history of this matchup, the Rams do lead all time seven and five uh, since 1988. The Rams and Chargers have gone back and forth with wins. And actually, uh, the home team has won every single game since 1991 in this series. So if that trend continues, uh, it would be the Chargers winning this game, but also that is our home. <laughs> the Chargers actually, uh, I know some people are going to call them the renters a lot this week and stuff like that. And it's whatever. I don't, I, it's not a big deal, uh, but I, I, I don't care. Um, I think I see them as just our roommates, you know, when we're on the road and they use our stadium, that's, I don't care. I think SoFi stadium is such an amazing place that I think it's getting use is awesome. And no NFL venue has been used more than SoFi Stadium in the last, you know, however many years because the Rams playoff games there uh, that have that have happened and the Giants Stadium not being used for playoff games. Uh, but uh, the the Chargers, to, to kind of just put it into a little bit of perspective, the Chargers play, pay $1 a year to play at SoFi Stadium. So I don't know if they're like, pay your rent. I think those comments sound silly uh, when you consider that the rent is just one dollar. Um, but uh, like I said, uh, the Rams did win in 2018 at the Coliseum and the home team is is dominating this series since 1991, which was the year I was born. So since I was since I was alive, uh, the home team has won every single game in in this series. Let's take a look at the matchup here. We got the Rams offense versus the Chargers defense. The Rams offense still very low on uh, this ranking here. 31st in the NFL going against the 21st ranked defense for the Chargers Chargers against the pass are 11, so it's just outside of the top 10. The Rams are 25th on offense. And running the football, the Rams creeping on up. 89.9 now, 29th in the NFL. That is a lot higher than they have been. A whole four-yard average uh, improvement over uh, these last few weeks. Uh, going against, though, uh, the 27th-ranked run defense for the Chargers. This is definitely where the Chargers can be exploited and uh, 26 for the Rams putting up points and 26 for the Chargers giving up points. So obviously uh, the McVay and Staley matchup is going to be pretty fun to watch here. Uh, what Sean McVay uh, cooks up for that Brandon Staley defense and what Brandon Staley is going to try to take away from the Rams uh, offense. That's going to be a fun chess match to watch. So just the play calling itself is going to be a, a storyline that I'll be kind of keeping an eye on and what what the Chargers are trying to take away from the Rams and where the Rams are trying to exploit the Chargers. I think is going to be pretty critical uh, considering that they do know each other. There's uh, lots of former Rams on the Chargers. Uh, obviously, guys like that are going to want to have a big game. Like you think the Troy Reader doesn't want to absolutely wreck this game or I guess that's a bad example because he doesn't play that much. But like Sebastian Joseph Day and Morgan Fox, you don't think that they want to absolutely come in and just crush this game against their former team. Like that's obviously a thing that, that everybody wants to do. 
Uh, the Rams did escape on missing out on Abushi, uh, so we still get that continuity up front. This is what the third week in a row. That's kind of absolute madness that we've been able to pull that off, uh, getting some just a little bit of health. Uh, well, I guess it would wouldn't be that many because uh, Brian Allen did go out just a couple games ago. But uh, hey, continuity up front is something, and I still stand by the fact that I think that uh, Coleman Shelton is better at center than Brian Allen. I think that the Rams' entire offensive line is better when Coleman Shelton is the one calling out the protections over Brian Allen. And I'm surprised that Brian Allen is even still here because of his lack of versatility, but that's a whole other topic that I've actually talked about plenty of times. So we really need to get into it. Uh, Baker, he played real solid last week. Uh, we're going to need him to do that again, obviously. Um, so the way that Baker Mayfield was sitting in the pocket and just delivering balls going through his reads, it was great. I mean, you can't really ask for much more than that. This Bronco or this Chargers team, excuse me, does have a stronger pass rush than the Broncos. So that is something to keep an eye out on as well, that uh, he may not have as much time. Uh, but I would say that the Broncos corners are better than the, the Chargers corners, but the Chargers also don't have bad corners. So there's a little bit of a trade off there. Uh, still going against a, a, a good defense, though. But really where the money's made uh, in this matchup is going to be on the ground. The 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 Chargers are exploitable on the ground. And if, if you can just keep Austin Eckler and Justin Herbert and Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, those guys on the sideline, the more the more that they're off watching the game on the sideline with their helmets in their hands, the better that you're probably going to do in this game because that offense is definitely explosive. So running the football here, which is something you can do on the Chargers, is going to be a big key in this one. And uh, your three to see, I'm going to go with Baker Mayfield, Cam Akers, and Tyler Higby. So Baker Mayfield, uh, he's still auditioning for the rest of the league. I don't anticipate that he would return to the Los Angeles Rams next year, even as a backup. I just don't think that that's going to happen. Of course, it's possible. I'm not going to say that it's not going to happen, but I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think that he's done enough to show um, the the rest of the NFL that he should get another shot somewhere. And who knows where that's going to be? There's a plenty of teams that have quarterback needs. Obviously, Vegas now, uh, both New York teams are are options. So there's there's places that he could that he could potentially go. I don't know why in my Tennessee just feels too real for me. I don't know why, but there's no. I guess that's kind of irrelevant, but I don't know why in my brain it's like Baker to Tennessee is like, yeah, that's going to happen. <laughs> Him playing for Vrabel, uh, I think it makes sense. But either way, all that aside, uh, Baker is still trying to prove to the rest of the league that he should be a starting NFL quarterback. And this is just another opportunity to do that against a good defense. So we did it last week against the Broncos defense, who has been playing really well this season. Of course, like I said, there were some effort level issues that uh, that I would consider uh, for last week. but. Another good good team that we're playing against and another opportunity for Baker to show the rest of the NFL that he can get it done. Running back Cam Akers, uh, he was leaned on super heavy on Christmas Day. Uh, I expect that to continue. He it really is the Rams' biggest playmaker on offense right now. Uh, running the football and catching the football, he can kind of do it all. And Cam Akers, I think right now, is just building a lot of confidence. And this, I think this gap here that we're witnessing for Cam Akers, based on everything that happened earlier in the season where we didn't even think he would be here right now, now Cam Akers playing really well going into next season. That is where Cam Akers, I think, is really going to thrive. Having this this time right now to build that confidence. You went through your 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 turmoil within the team and the issues that had happened. You got through that and now you're playing good football to end the season. I think his confidence entering the 2023 year is going to be off the charts. And I think it's going to be a really good start for Cam Akers next year. Uh, but that's still that is continuing right now. And if if he does have a bad game in one of these last two, maybe that confidence level drops going into next year. So it's kind of big for him uh, to keep that going. 
Also, Tyler Higby. He's the best tight end in Rams history, and he's getting that nice rhythm with Baker Mayfield. I talked about that last week. Uh, was that that touchdown in Lambeau Field? Was that enough to really get that that trust built between uh, Baker Mayfield and Tyler Higby? And I think it's clear, and I think that we can confidently say now that yes, that is exactly what has happened. That they're feeling pretty good as a as a combo together. So look for Tyler Higby to be continue to be the main target for Baker Mayfield uh, in these final two games. Let's flip over to the other side here. We got the Chargers offense versus the Rams defense. The Chargers offense 11th in the NFL going against the 13th ranked Rams defense. Passing the football is where the Chargers make their money. Third in the NFL going against the 22nd ranked pass defense for the Rams. The Rams uh, run defense is very solid, though. Fifth against the run and fourth in yards per carry on the ground. And uh, the Chargers not really doing a whole lot of running. uh, Just 31st in the NFL. They're 13th in points being scored and the Rams tied for 17th in points given up. So a big part to remember in this one, and this is something that I've mentioned for some previous games that we had earlier in the year, is you might see a, the, the, the rankings pretty skewed there. I mean, third in passing the football, but 31st in running the football. Keep in mind that this team is definitely one of those teams that uses their screen game as a massive extension of their run game. And especially with a guy like Austin Eckler, They've got really good running backs. Uh, one that I like a lot that they don't really use is Isaiah Spiller, but that's just because I'm a Texas A&M guy. But uh, like Austin Eckler, though, I, he's obviously he's public enemy number one. The dude is strong. He's physical. He's difficult to tackle. He's tiny. He's he's just like a brick of a human being that his nickname is pound for pound just because he's so ridiculously strong, especially for his size. Just just a muscle. You know what I mean? He's like he's a miniature running back version of Aaron Donald. And the dude is very strong. So he's definitely public enemy number one. The dude regular regularly puts up multiple touchdowns per game. He leads the NFL in touchdowns this year, did not make the Pro Bowl, but also neither did Bobby Wagner and Geno Smith did. So what even is the Pro Bowl? <laughs> it's the the worst thing in the universe, I think. But either way, um, Austin Eckler, obviously a super talented guy, and he's just part of it. I mean, Justin Herbert is extremely talented. They got uh, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. They got one heck of an offense out there. Uh, definitely plenty of weapons. And this team should be better than they actually are. There's something to be said about the inconsistencies, though. We've even seen it out of Herbert, as talented as he is. Sometimes he comes into a game and he's just not on. And we used to see that with Goff a lot, where you can tell right away. You can tell on the first drive, it's like, okay, this is probably going to be a long day, or we're really going to need the ground game to to take over this one. And you can kind of get that same vibe from uh, from Justin Herbert, where he just, that first drive, if he's not on, feel pretty good <laughs> as as the defense. You're like, all right, cool. And if he is on, though, then you're like, all right, well, we just got to just got to hold it down. Um, but there's a there's a lot of good battles to watch in this one, especially Austin Eckler, like I mentioned, and Justin Herbert going against uh, Bobby Wagner and Ernest Jones. Ernest Jones. I think that he's better than he's playing right now. Um, I, I don't know what is necessarily going on with him. He just feels like he's just kind of doing it. Um, but also, I really like Ernest Jones, so I, I, I don't know what is necessarily going on with him. But Bobby Wagner, obviously playing extremely good football right now. And uh, the chess match of him uh, calling out the plays and stuff is going to be really fun to watch. Uh, there's two strong wide receivers on the outside that will definitely test the Rams secondary. Uh, this this Rams secondary right now still beat up a little bit, obviously, like Jordan Fuller still down. So like that, but it has been playing well. Troy Hill's been playing well. Jalen Ramsey's been playing well. Taylor Rapp's played OK. Uh, Nick Scott's playing well. So um, I, I think that's. That this secondary is they're doing fine right now, but uh, a big part of that is we just need to get the pass rush there uh, because that's where the Rams are are lacking so far. But last week, obviously, it worked out. The Rams were crushing the Broncos offensive line. 
Uh, so hopefully that's something that we can uh, we can check out this this week. Hopefully the Chargers are a little bit beat up up front. Uh, that does give us a chance for the Rams to create some pressure. And uh, last week, um, was it a one off or was this like a, the turnover floodgates are now open and the Rams are just going to just do that for the rest of the these these last two games? That's a great question. Uh, and unfortunately, one I cannot answer before actually watching football games. Um, but your three to see on the defensive side for the Rams is going to be Bobby Wagner. We're going to go with Jalen Ramsey and we are going to go with Greg Gaines. So Bobby Wagner, B-Wags, uh, him versus Eckler and, and Herbert. That's going to be a, such a fun battle to watch. Getting guys in the right position is obviously going to be the big story here. Uh, as long as those guys can be put in the right situations to uh, to make those plays, because this is a, a very explosive offense. That is obviously going to be uh, pretty critical. And Jalen Ramsey. Uh, he's been playing very energetic in his, in his last few games, and that is a good sign. There's something about Jalen Ramsey's attitude and his personality that you can almost feel when he feels good. Like you can tell, uh, you can tell in his press conferences when he comes in, he's bubbly and stuff like that. It's like he's usually going to be on. Uh, and then when he comes in, he's really down. Then that's when he kind of it doesn't. He almost plays frustrated, and it's worse than normal. Um, but he's obviously. Super, super good at football. So him going against Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, I'm excited to watch this. As a fan of football, uh, this is going to be uh, just a fun battle to watch, uh, especially Keenan Allen on Jalen Ramsey. They'll get a little chippy, I'm sure. The way that their personalities work, uh, they're going to probably get in each other's heads and stuff. But uh, I, I think that Ramsey is, um, I, I think that he, uh, obviously he's he's doing well right now. His attitude is good right now, but if you can get him, get him frustrated, then he tends to make a little bit more mistakes. He tends to kind of uh, get too aggressive sometimes, and and it can cost you. But yeah, Ramsey right now is playing fine, so I'm excited to see what he can do against these uh, these uh, targets. And then great gains. The Rams, or the, excuse me, the Chargers, uh, their their front is definitely beatable. Uh, their their offensive line is only okay. And uh, something about great gains versus Zion Johnson that I really like. Uh, watching anything on uh, the the Chargers or watching any of their previous games, there's something about Greg Gaines and his play style that I just think will work on Zion Johnson. And I, I'm not going to sit here and try to break down any tape for you and say like, well, if this happens. Like, I just it feels like Greg Gaines should be able to beat Zion Johnson. That's all I got. That's <laughs> that's my analysis. Is it feels right? <laughs> I don't know uh, how you feel about that. All right. I was going to do it for me, actually. Uh, that's that's our game preview. And this is Ram Showcase. Make sure you follow Ram Showcase on all your favorite social media at Ram Showcase. You can follow myself at Sheriff Joe Bags just about everywhere. Uh, if you are hearing me only on Ram Showcase, well, great news. There's a YouTube channel. You can uh, watch me talk about the LA Rams. If you are watching me on YouTube, great news. There's an audio only version. You can uh, check me out wherever you already find your other favorite podcasts. It is just about everywhere. I do have a other podcast now with one of my friends. It's called the Joe and Eric show. Um, if you would like to find out how to find that, uh, reach out. Uh, I'll, I'll share it with you. <laughs> That's on most places still, but uh, it's, it's not very popular yet. So it's still low and hard to find, but uh, check, check me out there as well. Um, and like I said, make sure you follow uh, everywhere at Ram showcase at Sheriff Joe bags. I am Sheriff Joe bags. This has been Ram showcase. And uh, that is it for me as I've messed all of this up. I I ruined my rhythm. <laughs> let me do. Let me try that again. All right. That's gonna do it for me. This is Ram Choke. <laughs> uh, wait, I ruined it again. Either way, follow me and stuff. And uh, for those of you who aren't Rams fans, our thoughts and prayers are with you. For those of you who are Rams fans, thank you so much for watching and go Rams.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.